Welcome to another bonus episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home, another portfolio profile episode. Uh, we're going to talk to another amazing company that the Ride Home Fund has invested in. Uh, today, we're going to talk to uh, one of my favorite investments because when we talk about actually making the world a better place, this is for real, y'all. Um, we're talking to Peter Arian, uh, founder of Juna. Uh, which you can find out more about at heyjuna, J-U-N-A dot com. Uh, Peter, welcome. Thanks for having me, Brian. Great to be here. Let's let's start off with just uh, a quick sort of uh, two-minute elevator thing about uh, what Juna is, what it does, and why we're all so excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. So Juna provides at-home SDI testing and treatment for college campuses. So this was something that is personal to me when I was in college, seeing there was a lack of support in sexual health. Um, and at the end of the day, we all hate going to an in-person lab, seeing a physician. It's a painstaking process, and it's, an, it's a bigger pain for someone that is on campus. And our focus here is to provide that uh, inclusive, equitable care, while also being able to educate young adults on the importance of sexual health through your insurance provider. So essentially, um, what I can do uh, is I can basically subscribe to Juna, and on a regular basis, I get um, <coughs> STI kits sent to my house so I can test myself regularly to uh, check up on my my sexual health, essentially. Exactly. Yeah, it's a kit. It comes directly to your doorstep and it's mailed to our CLIA certified lab partner. From there, our in-house providers will be able to treat you. And uh, we provide that kind of clinical support from start to finish while ensuring that you are in network and giving you that transparent price uh, with the insurance plan you're on. So let me... Uh... Let me tell you some of the reasons why I was excited about this from the very beginning, and I continue to be excited. Um, I, I think a, a key term here is proactive. It, this is allowing, especially young adults, but anyone, but especially young adults, uh, to proactively take control of this aspect of their health, as opposed to, you know, oh, there's something funny going on down there. I'd better go see the doctor. Like, Again, Juna is a way to test yourself regularly, like your tagline is making safe sex simple. So if I'm a college student, um, how do I use Juna? I, 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 I go to the website, I figure out if it's covered by my insurance, and then I sign up and I get um, these kits on a regular cadence. Is that right? Absolutely. And proactive is definitely the key word. Uh, for Juna, we, we knew that this was not only something we personally experienced, but those in our network, I mean, the vast majority of STIs are asymptomatic. And when you're looking at uh, at risk population, that kind of proactive testing is a necessary step in taking control of your sexual health. Uh, when you're on our platform, we verify your insurance eligibility. And from there, we mail you a kit. And we have both video and call support for you to speak to a physician. Really, our key focus is providing that holistic care that doesn't exist in this market, where we're with you from start to finish in a way that a lot of brands aren't. And we find that the ability to create kind of that lifetime value comes down to that kind of clinical support where we're here to answer your questions and be there with you through that life-altering process if you do happen to go through that. So I guess another important thing to think about is, um, you know, 
again, it's not, oh, you get tested when you think that you maybe were exposed to something. If you're testing on the regs, um, that, that's a, a way for all of us or, you know, society, but you specifically to, to be healthier and for your partner, et cetera, et cetera. But not only is it inconvenient to go to the clinic regularly or the doctor, but it could be a little embarrassing to mm-hmm. ask for these sorts of tests every few months or so. So this is a way to do it privately, take control of this part of your health on your own, in your own home, uh, privately. Absolutely. And, and to kind of give you perspective, only 8% of men and 20% of women get tested on campus. It's not because nobody wants to get tested, right? It's, it's really because the process of getting tested is a pain. It's awkward, it's cold, and the current alternatives are unaffordable when you're looking at at-home SDM testing. We found that incorporating the payer side of things, as well as being able to provide that education was a necessary step for our ability to create the community we've created thus far. Um, <clears throat> given the, what we've all come through in the last couple of years, um, I think when we first spoke, I, I, uh, I asked you, is this almost like a positive sort of COVID times outcome where I can't tell you the amount of at-home COVID tests like I've taken this year. And again, it's about being proactive. It's about like um, making sure you're healthy for like my parents are coming this weekend and things like that. So um, as I said, when we first spoke, are are we sort of making a bet here that people are uh, more comfortable, more used to the idea of I get a kit delivered to my house you know, I, I send back some fluids or whatever, a swab or what, what, what have you. Um, and, um, people, people are sort of acclimatized to this sort of way of like, I guess you could call it telehealth, um, Mm -hmm, in -hmm. terms of their overall healthcare regimen. Yeah, no, that's an interesting question. Um, I definitely think that in this post COVID era, telehealth has become more normalized. I also think testing as a whole has shifted where you have at-home COVID tests in a way where people now, it's kind of become a natural part of society. You know where to swab, you know what to look at. And the reality is we see that being applied to sexual health. And Juna is here to build that ubiquitous brand in a way where you know what steps you need to take the same way you look at plan B, right? So we're creating a brand that sits right next to there. Um, where that's just something you do when you're sexually active, not because you think you might have something, but because that's part of your lifestyle and being sexually active. And, and give me some, I forgot to bring up the original pitch deck, but <clears throat> give me yeah. some, <laughs> some of the statistics right now. Like certain STDs are, I think are, are at, um, decade highs or so. And, 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 and young people are disproportionately, um, they're they're less of the population, but they're disproportionately more of the people that get STIs, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're more sexually mm-hmm. active. Tell if you have any of those stats off the top of your head. Yeah, no, one. absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's staggering. I mean, we've hit a six consecutive record for STIs. When you're looking at the discrepancies amongst demographic, fifty percent of all new STIs are represented by Gen Zers. And um, that is taken into account by 25% of the population. So there's a huge gap. And that gap becomes even wider when you're looking at health inequities. So for example, HIV rates from 2014 to 2017 rate went down 7%. 
but they actually went up 7% for people of color. So there's a huge gap in terms of accessibility, education, as well as affordability. And the tools are there. I mean, the tools are there for you to be on prep. The tools are there for you to be tested proactively. Uh, but there really hasn't been a brand that is looking at uh, representing these underserved communities, uh, most importantly, working with, with payers that are um, directly integrated to that ability to, for people to afford this. Well, and that, that's one more key detail. So again, it runs through your existing insurance um, mm -hmm. if you have it. So it's affordable even for college kids. So A, it's it's a way to make a habit, a healthy habit, a an actual habit. And B, it's not like it's going to like uh you know uh, break your wallet to 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 create this healthy habit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's really the core. And we find that when you're looking at a prep kit that costs around four hundred dollars um with the companies that do exist in this market, it's it's hard for me to see, you know, who can afford that. Um, because it it's stress hell isn't someone that's 18 to 24. Well, uh, I think you mentioned, did you mention that, that uh you, you thought of this um this idea when you were in college. So tell me a little bit of your story. Like, um, is this your first um, go round for being an entrepreneur for starting a company? Yeah, I mean, when I was in college, you know, I I saw the need for this, and I, and I think the best problems come down to those that are personal. And this was something personal to me. It was personal to those within my network. Uh, this is definitely a first in terms of how far we've taken this. And it's definitely a learning process. I think when you go into building a startup, um, there's so much you learn that I think no amount of classes can help you and no amount of props can help you. It's really just by doing where you learn the most. And, and I think that there's a big learning curve. And regardless of you doing it when you're in college or you doing it, in your 50s, it's a process that um, really takes a grueling amount of um, blood, sweat, and tears, especially in this market. <laughs> well, especially in this market and especially yeah. in, this, in this space, in the medical space. Did, do you have a medical background? Yeah. Like, How did you even know that this was something that could be made simpler by being done at home? Yeah, I mean... I don't have a medical background. Uh, the folks on our team do. Our chief medical officer, uh, Kyle Hodebeck, was the first UM medical director at Oscar Health. Um, he spent 17 years in the US Army uh, leading outpatient clinics in Korea and received recognition by the Surgeon General. So I think when you're looking at healthcare, it's really important that your founding team has that experience and that clinical experience is crucial to building a company that isn't just a pill mill. I think that, uh, you know, you're seeing in this era of telehealth, a lot of companies going into unethical practices with regards to prescription. And um, I think, you know, having a, a face on your team that actually has deep clinical experience is key. And um, that's what we're really excited about Juna is, is not just approaching this from a D2C side of things, but also being able to uh, approach this from a clinical first standard of care. Well, I mean, that's an interesting thing also about being in the space. Like, this is not like a straight D2C in the sense that, oh, this is not, we're just going to put up a 
a Shopify page and, and yeah. have an e-commerce site or whatever. Uh, I mean, this is a heavily regulated uh, area. There are so many different stakeholders. Um, mm-hmm. You got to work with insurance companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I think you even have to go state by state to to work with insurance companies, yeah. right? Um, so how? <laughs> that's one one of the things that I've heard over the years is one of the reasons why it took so long for tech to try to disrupt finance, to try to disrupt healthcare was because it was more complicated. So yep. um, what what has been your experience working specifically to do a startup in, in the healthcare space? Yeah, I mean, there definitely is a lot of moving parts. I think that's, that's one of those things that I learned um, stepping into this industry. Like you said, it's not something that you can just, you know, build an e-commerce platform. Um, you know, we've had to build a lot of in-house products to be able to support the lab, the provider, the payer, patient portal. Uh, there's just so many moving parts. Uh, shout out our CTO, Neil. Uh, he's just been an absolute beast since he's um, been a part of the, the founding team. And I think that's really core, right? Like when you're building a product, there's so much to learn in an industry that is so new. And telehealth is one of those. Uh, when you're looking at what's required to support the infrastructure on all these moving parts, uh, a lot of them just don't exist, quite frankly. And and you have to build them in-house. And we're really excited to, to be able to build a product that's capable of supporting this and um, being able to expand beyond the states we're offering our services to. Well, also, you know, the specific niche within the niche, although healthcare is not a niche market, but uh, that you're serving is sexual health, is, is people's sex lives. So how much um, of trying to make Juna a success is educating your potential customer base about how this should be a part of their health regime? Like how much of, of education is sort of like task one for this? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question um, because when you think of, the approach of using fear, you know, that hasn't really worked. It's something the CDC has been doing forever. Institutions have been doing it. You know, I don't know the audience here, if, if they can remember when they stepped into a high school sex ed, but it hasn't changed, quite frankly. I mean, you're talking about a classic, you know, banana and condom shtick. Uh, it's outdated. It hasn't been inclusive. Uh, towards folks that have different orientations or or gender. And we strongly feel that our ability to approach this in that manner is key. Education and approaching this with a lifestyle brand kind of go hand in hand. Um, the education itself has been very successful in our ability to communicate effectively to Gen Zers. Platforms like TikTok have become really core when you're looking at um, this demographic, but as well as on-premise support, you know, having student ambassadors, having folks there physically to be able to create that community and that awareness um, is is really core in our ability to tap into these campuses. Well, right, because it's it's the, the other half of the job is is not as you said, making it scary, but making it yeah. cool and like and inclusive. And so you just mentioned like TikTok. So you're doing a lot of your marketing on, on social media and, and, and TikTok, especially. Is that right? Yeah. TikTok is an amazing platform, um, especially when it comes to education, when you're looking at video content uh, and having it in an engaging manner. We've built a really strong brand around our unfiltered and raw approach where we've collaborated with drag queens, you know, folks that are on top 1% of OnlyFans, 
you know, we have a podcast called Better Safe Than Horny. These are areas that we're really excited about and, and really excited to tap into because a lot of legacy brands and a, a lot of institutions just haven't been able to tap into this community and, and market of Gen Zers. And we know how Gen Zers think because we represent this demographic. Uh, and, and that's really key in, in getting people to take action and get tested proactively. Well, also, w- w- one more question about like the particular problem that you're trying to solve here. What about the fact that your, you know, the, the core customer you're trying to reach might not have a relationship with a physician? Um, so, in a long-term sort of way, um, one of the things that I was most excited about with Juna is that this is sort of a hack to not only get people on a good healthcare track, but also mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. this might be a way to introduce um, healthcare relationships yep. to people for yep. the first time in their adult lives. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you're looking at the number of primary care uh, providers that have established their brand as a result of COVID, uh, we see a similar path for Juna, where we're not a one-stop shop to testing. Providing that level of clinical support is key. Working with payers is also key. And and we see our ability to expand these areas of care. Um, Really, really exciting because at the end of the day, sexual health in and of itself is a very taboo subject. It's something that not a lot of young adults have the ability to speak about. And to have a platform on that is is amazing. And, And we see the future of that creating a bridge into other areas of care that are not being addressed for Gen Zers. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity. But user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months. Or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Octa-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride. Let's be real for a minute. Most guys would wear a t-shirt every day of their lives if they could. The problem is that most t-shirts are not acceptable to wear at work or out on a hot date night. But today's sponsor, Cuts, has finally changed that. Cuts t-shirts are such high-quality, wrinkle-free, and so buttery soft that you can look like you're dressing up even when you're dressing down. Yeah, you heard that. Wrinkle-free. You never have to substitute comfort for fashion ever again. If you see me in a t-shirt, it's likely one from Cuts. I'm also a huge fan of their AO5 pocket pants, the right sort of step up from jeans without going all the way into dress pants, like literally my ideal Venn diagram of professional looking but comfortable feeling. When you touch something from Cuts, you can immediately 
immediately feel the quality. Their proprietary fabric blends are ridiculously soft and breathable, they don't wrinkle, and they look way more expensive than they actually are. For a limited time, our listeners get 20% off your entire order when you use code RIDE at checkout. That's 20% off your order at cutsclothing.com with promo code RIDE. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Experience the perfect blend of style and comfort with Cuts Clothing. Cutsclothing.com, promo code RIDE for 20% off. Um, sort of uh, lensing out to the wide picture for a real quick second. If if someone out there is listening and, and wants to solve problems like this in the healthcare space, if there's someone listening right now that wants to do a health startup, um, is there any sort of learning about this space that you could share? Like, what is what is the biggest advice that you could give somebody listening that wanted to do sort of a healthcare startup? Yeah, I would say just get out there, learn by doing. I think that there are resources out there that um, allow you to understand the overall market. And I would definitely say it's, it's really important that the products you're building and your overall market um, is identifiable. I, I think that go-to-market is key. And I truly believe that there are a lot of underserved communities that aren't being addressed. And the future of healthcare really comes down to accessibility. And when you're looking at um, just overall areas of care that aren't being met by patients, uh, technology is going to be core in providing that. And we are really excited to see what other brands are coming up with what products because of how new this space is. And so far, there isn't a household name in the consumer health space. There just isn't. Um, the number of companies that are out there um, putting you know, hundreds of millions into ads uh, creates a new vacuum to be able to create a brand that's organic with a strong community. And we're really excited to do that in a way that uh, has given us the ability to tap into these underserved uh, markets. Well, so obviously episodes like this are, are part and parcel with like sort of our investor check-ins and things like that. Mm -hmm. So to the degree that you're um, interested in sharing, uh, willing to share, given the current uh, environment, um, what can you tell me about like uh, how you're feeling in terms of uh, Juna's runway and, and, and the fundraising environment? Um, just anything, because again, even if people aren't invested in Juna or aren't going to become Juna uh, customers, you know, what, what can you tell folks about um, the startup uh, landscape right now? Yeah, it's an interesting time. That's for sure. I think when you're looking at healthcare, um, you know, the, we see it as an inelastic area of care. Brian, there are two things people aren't going to stop doing in uh this this market shift one is those going to college and the other is those needing healthcare services these are two areas that we're really confident isn't going to be impacted by the market the beauty of building a product that people need is that whatever happens outside of, of what you see on twitter or you know everyone is like chickens with their head cut off right now um, it's, it's pure mayhem, but I think if your ability, your ability to create a product that people need, um, shouldn't be impacted by that. I think there is going to be a shift, um, on 
building companies that are capital efficient and have high growth um, versus being capital inefficient and have high growth, which we're seeing across many D2C brands. Uh, what we're really excited about is being able to create something that is organic. And I think that that's something that's going to shift amongst founders. There's going to be more experimental marketing. You're going to have to be able to prove your unit economics um, fits to what investors are looking at. Because right now, the focus has been extremely high customer acquisition with high growth. And uh, these companies have been debt vehicles for advertising, essentially. Um, and I think that that's going to shift with products now being focused on their ability to tap into communities organically. And um, I think ad spending should come into play once that's established, when you do have that kind of ubiquitous brand uh, and you do have those that are uh, referring your product at such a rate that's reducing your customer acquisition. So um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time to build a company, but you know, it's never been a better time, I, I think, because the way that VCs are looking at companies is going to shift. I think that hype isn't just going to be the main factor anymore. I think you're going to have to show that you're building a product that, that people want and need, and that's going to shift the way products are being built. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it's this is sort of tangential <laughs> to Juna, but uh, when people ask me like, uh, when's, when's the right time to have a kid? I'm like, there's never a right time. Mm -hmm. Um, it's always the right time or it's yes. never going to be the right time. It doesn't matter. Um, you should just do it, which gets back to, um, your advice earlier. Uh, so let's, let's close with, um, again, if you want to find out more about Juna, you know, get in touch with me, I'll put you in touch, uh, with Peter, uh, uh, heyjuna.com. But Peter, also, are there any asks uh, from the audience? Any any ways to, the audience can help or get involved? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would say one is definitely if, if there's someone that's from TikTok uh, or has a connection to someone at TikTok, would love to connect with that individual. Um, you know, obviously, for us to be able to create content that is uh, respective to the community guidelines is key. And we want to make sure that our content isn't being flagged and really how we can mm, um, keep that going. This is, this is by its nature, sexual content. So exactly. if there's somebody, <laughs> if there's somebody at TikTok that could uh, sort of help you uh, navigate that or handhold through that, that would be useful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and others, definitely uh, anyone that has the connection to um, a student that, uh, you know, has really strong energy and, and fits our mission. We're always looking for student ambassadors. Uh, and you can email me at uh, peter at heyjuna.com. Um, but yeah, those are really kind of the, the two biggest asks on, on my end. Well, uh, Peter, thanks for thanks for coming on and uh, Absolutely. Telling, telling us about this. Again, look, I, you know, I, this is one of my favorite investments because... This isn't another app. This isn't, I mean, all, all my investments, like my kids, I love them equally, but you mm -hmm. know, if, if we can um, improve the health of society, uh, I mean, man, that's, a, that's a good reason to feel good about what we're doing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for awesome. giving me the opportunity to do that. And uh, uh, thanks course. for coming on. Thanks so much, Brian. <laughs>